Hello and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heavenbound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and this is where we reflect on the weekend that was. We dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about as this week unfolds and preview what's to come this next weekend at Charlestown Road. Well, it's great to have you with us. And Jason preached this past Sunday, and he talked about the subject of prayer. And prayer is so important. And he took us to the book of Revelation, chapter 4 and 5, and we're going to walk through there in just a moment. But his sermon was, A Scene to Imagine When You Pray. And, and, and that title alone brings a great thought to our mind because, you know, when my children call me, they all live different places. Um, I don't have to bring up their photo and say, oh, yeah, that's what they look like. I, <laughs> I know what they look like. But when you pray to God, what comes to your mind? How do you see God? Is he kind of like a just a cloud floating around? Do you see like a grandfather sitting on a rocking chair on the front porch? Uh, the image of God is, is a great lesson for that. And one of the things this lesson really brought to my mind, and we're going to kind of be pulling this out and talking about this a little bit more, is uh, this the perspective of heaven. We talk about prayer from down here going up. We pray to God. But once that prayer gets up there to God, what does it, what does it do, and, and and what does how does heaven see prayers, and and really, you know, we we don't talk enough about what sin does to God, and we don't talk about what prayers do to God. We remember in the book of Exodus, right before God called up Moses, that God heard the cries of Egypt. He heard their cries. And that's why he brought up Moses to lead them out. And so great sermon to talk about uh, the idea of heaven's perspective of our prayers. It's on our website. We really encourage you to listen to that. But Jason, let's walk through some of the points to begin with. Yeah, we we tied it to our theme for the year, of course, in a wide variety of ways. We've tried to look at finishing what was started Prayer helps us finish. We talked a little bit about that. We've talked about that in other contexts this year. But it is interesting to think, okay, where does a prayer finish? <laughs> a lot of times we, we think of, okay, uh, getting up the, the nerve to pray, for lack of a better term, or taking the time to pray, generating prayers here. But okay, let's look at it, like you said, from heaven's perspective. Where does a prayer end is is there an end to prayer is there some sort of a receiver you know maybe as a child you had one of these little transistor radios where you put it together and you could hear the static and you talked but you had no idea is this even going anywhere is this landing any place well the power of passages like revelation 4 and 5 and we'll notice a little bit of revelation 8 in just a moment, the, the power of those is it shows us the other side. It shows us the receiving side. It it assures us that our prayers are heard in heaven. And I like this idea of a, a scene to imagine. Now, we need to be careful with that that word, right? We're not imagining in the sense of a fairy tale or science fiction. You know, as a Star Wars fan, you can imagine what it would be like to be on 
Tatooine where Luke Skywalker grew up, or if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you can imagine what it would be like to be in some of these epic scenes. If you've never, uh, you know, read some of these uh, fiction things, you just apply that to whatever you know is fiction. But we're not talking about just your imagination. We're, we're talking about what God has supplied. Uh, Roger, you're a, a Dodgers fan, and you've never been, as I understand, in Dodgers Stadium, but you can imagine what that's like based on what you've seen, right, and what you've heard. And holding a Dodger dog in my hand. (laughs) All right, that's the stuff of, of, of dreams, right? So we're treating Revelation 4 and 5, even though it is a vision provided by John, we're, we're treating it as communication from God. John is given this insight as a door is standing open in heaven. And if heaven is where our prayers go, imagining the scene painted by John there in Revelation chapter 4 is just really, really powerful. Oh, it is. And, and- you know, it's interesting, just the imagery, book Revelation is written like a picture book. And so John is actually shown this vision. He writes it so we can see it through his words. Yeah. And so you got this door open. I mean, can, can you imagine walking down this hallway? May, you know, my mind is see these big, tall wooden doors and they got these brass plates on it. And one says one thing, one says another. And you're walking down and there's a door and on the brass plate, it says heaven. <laughs> And I don't know about you, but I'd look this way and that way, and I'd grab that door handle, and I'd want to open it up. But imagine the door is closed. Imagine the door is locked. No one can know. But what this chapter begins with is the door is open. Yeah. And God is inviting John up there to see what's behind this door. I want you to see what's in heaven. And what's powerful, immediately, the very second verse says, immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was standing in heaven, and one sitting on the throne. Now, in this fourth chapter, God is never really referred to by name, but we know it's God because of who he is, because of all the other passages we know. And so the first thing John does when he looks behind that door and he sees heaven, well, he doesn't see roller coasters because they don't exist in heaven. <laughs> he doesn't see unicorns and kitty cats and chocolate fountains and all the things a secular world thinks heaven is. He sees God. And God is still on the throne where he's always been. And the fourth chapter just unfolds this beautiful, beautiful, glorious picture of what God is yeah, like. God, that throne is occupied. There are 24 thrones around it that are occupied by 24 elders, right? And there are these incredible living creatures full of eyes all around and within. They're around and day and night, what are they doing? They, they are proclaiming the worthy of God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Uh, verse 11, worthy are you, O Lord, our God, or our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power. He, he's praised as the creator, right? By your will, they existed and were created. Of course, chapter 5 gets into this scene of the Lamb of God. 
God, the root of David that is there and able to open this scroll and the worship just continues, right? That, of course, as in our sermon, it ties to, okay, how you and I can have access to this throne room. It is by the blood of this lamb that was shed for our sins Maybe just for the sake of time, a good place to skip is over to Revelation chapter 8. We talked a little bit about this in the sermon, how right there in this scene is an altar, and an angel with a golden censer, and he's given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. How incredible to imagine this throne room scene, an altar incense that is mingled with prayer, the prayers of the saints. That, that, that's the scene that we're encouraging you to imagine when you pray. You know, we, we could walk in just about anybody's house, and you just kind of walk through, and I've been in so many different homes before, and in and, and five, ten minutes, you can pretty much see what's important to this person. I mean, I've been in homes where uh, I'm eating a meal, and there's about eight deer heads staring right at me. You know, that's kind of <laughs> kind of creepy. I've been in homes of, of a retired school teacher, and she had all these old-fashioned desks all lined up like she could take roll call. Uh, if you come to my office at, at my house, you're going to see a whole bunch of autographed baseballs. Those, those, that baseball's important to me. And so, so because our home was our reflection of us. Uh, what our tastes are, what our likes are, and, and that's how we decorate our homes. We come to heaven, and what we see is a reflection of God. Uh, we see holiness. We see praise. We see worship. Those are things that are meaningful to God, and, and so we see that here. And so when this angel is pouring forth this incense, an image straight from the Old Testament of the, of the altar and the sacrifices that they would offer to God and that aroma that would fill the temple and fill uh, up to heaven— we see there are prayers. Yeah. The prayers of the words that you and I say as infallible and sometimes as backwards and, and insufficient as these words are, they reach heaven. And those words mean something to God. They're part of that praise offering to God that we see here in Revelation 8. Yeah, you referenced earlier Exodus, where God hears the cry of the children of Israel. One of the the great ideas all over, especially the Old Testament, and early on, I mean, we can go as early as Genesis chapter 16, and a lot of times, okay, if we're studying the Old Testament, we think major characters in this section, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac. But what's fascinating to me is in Genesis chapter 16, one of the significant characters is Hagar, the servant of Sarai. She names her son Ishmael, and what does his name mean? God 
hears. She goes on to call the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. She calls him El Shaddai. Literally what she is saying, you are a God who sees me. That's that's just pages into the Bible. And of course, we've got ample evidence of that all around. I love how here at the end of the Bible, that is reiterated in such a powerful way. Here are prayers of saints who can't see all of this with their physical eyes, right? And they're going through really tough times, but through the help of John, they know where prayer ends. It ends up here on this altar before the throne. And Roger, I love how you brought up, okay, maybe those prayers are are ignorant of many different things going on around. Maybe they are 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 full of all sorts of uncertainty about the future, but that's where passages like Romans chapter 8 help us that the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We don't know always what to pray for as we ought, but in order for this prayer to finish The Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. What a powerful chain that is painted for us from our own hearts all the way into the whole of heaven. You know, and and this really mirrors our our current discussion we're doing on Fridays about the art of communication. Yeah. Because if all we have in a relationship is one person talking— whether it's always the parent and the child never expresses his feelings or it's the wife and the husband never gets a talk or vice versa. God talks to us, we never talk to God, or we talk to God, he never talks to us. That's a one-sided relationship. But but a, a healthy relationship has communication going back and forth. So God speaks to us through his word. That's why we need to read the Bible. It's God talking to us. But just as important as that is, we need to talk to God. And that's what prayer is. We talk to God. And and here's some uh, just quick things I wrote down. It's just amazing to me. First of all, it's just amazing that God even hears us. I mean, if I were to pick up the telephone as soon as we got this podcast down and say, I want to call the White House, first of all, I wouldn't even know where to dial. And there would be so many layers and layers and layers. I would never get to talk to the president, never. Uh, there would just be layers of people that I'd have to go through, and it just would not. When you pray, you, and you may not feel like, well, I'm, I'm really nobody. I'm just a common guy. God hears you. That's just amazing to us because we may think, well, I'm not important and I, and, and I'm just, I'm just trying to do what God wants me to do. But your prayers reach heaven. They're part of that incense that's poured out. Secondly, that is just amazing is that God always hears all of us. He hears us. And, and you can't say, well, you know, well, Jason's praying right now and, and God will hear Roger after Jason's face. No. <laughs> you got a busy signal. <laughs> no. And it never happened. And you think about all the disciples, not just in one congregation, but worldwide. How many people are praying to God all the time and he hears all of us? That's just a marvel that he can do that. That's just, we can't, we can't even grasp that in the form of communication. You know, we would have, I have to have a whole network of people hearing that and answering that and, and delivering the message. But God does that. And then thirdly, it's just amazing that he wants to hear us. He wants to hear from you. And, and again, we might think, 
in, in our world we live in today, the president really doesn't want to hear from me. Uh, maybe the CEO of the company I work, he really doesn't want to hear from me. Sometimes we can feel like even in family, well, you know, my husband doesn't want to hear what I say, or my child may say, you know, my parents don't want to hear what I say, but God does. God wants to hear what you say. And that is just a marvel as we think about who God is and all these things connected to prayer. Yeah, so here we are in the middle of the week, and we've talked in other conversations. Prayer sure does seem to be one of those things that many, many, many disciples of Jesus struggle with. Um how easy it is. I mean, here we are. Summer is, for all intents and purposes, done. As we look back just over the course of this summer, how have we prayed? Have we prayed outside of the walls of a church building? Um, have we prayed to God when we didn't need anything in the moment, you know, one thing for a loved one to be rushed to the emergency room and then suddenly prayer really bubbles up to the surface. But maybe here in the middle of the week to think about, okay, life is pretty good. Um, that, that there aren't alarm bells going off all around me. Um, I, I, I'm not in a panic that there isn't anything life and death staring me right in the face. But if all of this is true, why aren't I praying more? You know, Roger, we, we seeing here and there, maybe not as often as we once did. Did you think to pray? Before you left your room this morning, did you think to pray? I don't know about you, but I I need those reminders. Yeah, yeah, we do. And and again, sometimes uh you know, we have whole classes on prayer and, and, and there's a place for that. And, and sometimes we get this idea that I, you know, it's like a checklist. Okay. Before God hears me, I, I, I've got to thank him for this. I got to pray for this. I got to pray for this. Pray for the preacher to have his memory right. Pray for this. <laughs> pray for that. Pray for that. Pray for that. And, and, and no, you don't. Uh, you, you go through the book of Nehemiah and you yeah. look at some of those very short prayers. Uh, as Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew chapter 6, that's really a short prayer. It's not very long at all. And the thing is, you're just, thank you today, God. Thank you for the moment. Thank you for this. Uh, help me here. Help me say the right thing. And and, and just, just flooding heaven over and over with just that communication. And I think the the more we spend time letting God talk to us through the Bible, yeah. more that relationship is built, the stronger it becomes, and it just becomes easier to do that. Uh, your prayer does not have to have, you know, 16-cylinder words. You don't have to pray for everything on the topic. You can just have a very short three-word prayer sometimes. Yeah. And But the thing is, you're just, you're recognizing God. You're remembering God, and you're connecting to God. And even as Jason was talking just a minute ago, I said up. I just said a couple of little short prayers right then, just just real quick. And that's what prayer is. Yeah. But the thing is to remember that. Did you talk to God? And can you imagine someday standing before that God that we just read about, Revelation four and five, and he, you know, he says, "Why didn't you ever talk to me?" You know, I was your friend. I was here for you. I sent a savior for you. Why didn't you ever talk to me? 
And, uh, you know, that would be a very, very hard statement to answer why we didn't. And, you know, I'm too busy. You're never too busy. And, well, you know, we would have no answer for that. And so it's a great reminder uh, that we need to have, whether it's the summer, the fall, the winter, good times, bad times, in church, out of church, just that we need to talk to God and just be talking to him all the time. And the more you do it, the more you do it, the better and closer you feel to God, the better your relationship is, the more trusting you'll be of him. And what you're going to start seeing is the more you pray to God, you start seeing these prayers answered. Yeah. God did this, God did this, God did this, you know, and I, and I kind of forgot about that, but God, I, there was a time I prayed for that, and God, here it is. He answered. He, he was there. Uh, my prayers were heard in heaven. That's amazing. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing thought. And I appreciate the opportunity to go back and and just to, to add a little bit of practical legs to that whole thing. Roger, it is Wednesday, of course, and we are looking forward to our Bible classes tonight in the auditorium. You've been diving into some questions. Yes, we're going to continue our study of questions that the different folks here have submitted. And we're just kind of going through, marching through them one by one, looking at what the Bible says about those trying to find Bible answers and very uh, practical as we think about things that's on each other's hearts. In our Building Blocks track of studies, we're exploring this month, what can we know about angels? We talked a little bit about that from Revelation 4 and 5 in this sermon. We'll continue that study, Lord willing, this evening. And speaking of continuing, Roger, this Sunday morning, you're going to continue a different series. Yes, we started this a couple of weeks ago. We're talking about Can I Know? And so we started off with salvation. We're talking about different layers of important questions that can I know the answer to? And that should help us in our walk with God. Yeah, I mean, just so wonderful that all over this discussion, there are things we can know because God has told us. And so, Roger, thanks for joining me today to think through that together. We thank all of you for listening to This Week at Charlestown Road. It would be great to see you tonight at 7 o'clock p.m. We're already looking forward to Sunday, the best day of the week, and we would love to have you come and grow with us. 